0: Amen. Do you guys believe that? God is good? Amen. Well, good morning. As Caleb uh, mentioned earlier, my name is Connor Graves, and uh, if you're new around here, you might not recognize me. Uh, I grew up in this church and spent a lot of time here, but have been away uh, ever since college for for a few years now. So, um, man, it is just such a privilege for me to be here um, and, and, and I couldn't help but think about how much this church and being involved in, in the youth group here shaped me and molded me and, and taught me what it looked like to love Jesus and follow Him. And, and that just makes it all the more special for me to be able to be here with you guys this morning and worship with you and, and open the word with you for a few minutes here this morning. Um, and and I'm just so grateful for that. And, and just wanted to say that, that it's an honor and it's a privilege to be here with you guys. Um, and I actually did have a, an opportunity to share a few years ago at a D-Now weekend like this. I was a college leader. Uh, was was This was before Blake got here, so we had an interim pastor at the time, and he called me up a few weeks before D-Now and said, hey man, and was just wondering if you'd want to share a little something on, on Sunday morning of D-NOW, and I thought, wow, man, what an honor. How kind of him to ask me to, to speak in front of the church. And then he told me the theme for the weekend, which was sexual purity. <laughs> and I realized that uh, he really just uh, was trying to do himself a favor with that one, right? <laughs> Um, so Blake, Caleb, you guys are true friends. I thank you. We can all breathe a sigh of relief if that's not our topic this morning. Um, but, but we have been talking this weekend about the theme of outsiders. That's been our, our title, our theme, because we know that, that we are called citizens of heaven, that we are outsiders in this world because we're insiders in God's kingdom, in God's family. And I just want to say, too, uh, that a, a microphone and a stage ha- has a way of, of really m- sometimes fooling people into to thinking that, that that person has it all together. And me being up here is nothing more than evidence of the Lord's faithfulness and His goodness in my life. And so I just want to, to spend some time with you guys, pointing you to Him this morning. And we've been in Philippians 3 this weekend, so if you want to open there, that's where we're going to be. And we're going to see what Paul tells us about what it looks like to live as an outsider, as a citizen of heaven. And I wish we could read this whole chapter this morning because it's all so good But for the sake of time, I'm just going to pull out a few verses that I think really kind of sum up what we've been talking about and then give us a few truths that that we can see there. So I'm going to read Philippians 3. I'm going to read verses 7 through 9, and I'm going to skip to to verses 20 and 21. So verses 7 through 9, 20 and 21. So I'm going to read. You guys follow along. Paul says, But whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. the righteousness from God that depends on faith. Verse 20, But our citizenship is in heaven. From it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body to be like His glorious body by the power that enables Him even to subject all things to Himself. So Lord, be honored in in the the preaching of Your Word this morning. Would You use my words and, and remove me from this stage and You be exalted. Jesus' name, amen. And so I'm going to just kind of speed through and give us a recap of kind of what we've learned this weekend, and then give us a charge as as a church this morning. And so night one, Friday night, we opened up, and the big idea was that being an outsider means knowing Jesus. Paul says he counted all things as lost for the sake of knowing Jesus. And so we realize that this label, this status as an outsider, is only given to us by a relationship with Jesus and and faith in Him and what He accomplished for us on the cross. We don't earn it. We don't work for it. It's a gift that's given to us through Jesus' grace and through faith in Him. It's a righteousness by faith. We also talked about how knowing Jesus and that righteousness by faith comes with a cost, right? Paul says he counted all things as loss in view of Christ, for the sake of Christ, so that he could know him and walk in relationship with him. And so we realize that as citizens of heaven, as people who, who this world is not our home, we long for, for, a, a hev- for a heavenly home. And we have different values. We have different, different goals than, than people that are not in Christ, right? The entire aim of our life is different as we seek to live for Jesus and not for this world. David Platt is a a pastor and author that uh, put this way better than I ever could, and so I love this quote. He says, if you and I ever hope to free our lives from worldly desires, worldly thinking, worldly pleasures, worldly dreams, worldly ideals, worldly values, worldly ambitions, and worldly acclaim, then we must focus our lives on another world, on a better world, on a greater world, where we'll be with Jesus for eternity. And so we call ourselves outsiders because this world is not our home. We know that. We know that we belong to God's kingdom. That makes us different than other people outside of that kingdom. And we have this surpassing, this treasure of surpassing value, as Paul writes about, knowing Jesus and so then our, in our second session, yesterday morning, we, we opened up and we looked at how in, these next, in the next verses in, in Philippians that, that Paul talks about how being an outsider means pressing on towards Jesus and becoming like Jesus. And so we seek to live lives like Jesus lived so that we can glorify him and, and show the world this great treasure that we have in Jesus. Pursuing Christ, his word, in an active relationship with him, abiding in him. We talked about how that that too requires sacrifices, right? We know that every time we choose to take a step towards Jesus, we're choosing to take a step away from the world. But we also talked about how every single time Jesus is worth it. He is worth it. Taking a step towards Him and away from the world. And then last night was our last big session together, and we talked about how being an outsider in this world means walking arm in arm in community together as the body of Christ and pursuing this mission that God has given us to make him known in this world and to show other people how they can gain this citizenship in heaven. We have the key to joy and eternal life in Jesus. And so we should have a heart for those who are outside of God's family, that our status as outsiders, as citizens of the kingdom of heaven, should inform how we love those who are outsiders in this world in our society, foreigners among us, that's our story. So how much more should we love those people and and go to love our neighbor as we're called to do? But we talked about how as we do that, we have to have the body of Christ, that we can't do it on our own. We can't go rogue and, and think that we can just be strong enough by ourselves. That we have to, to one, live in the Spirit and walk by the power of the Spirit, but also that we need the body of believers. We need fellow believers as we press on towards Jesus. And so we need fellow Christians to encourage us that can speak truth into our lives, challenge us when we need to be challenged, to remind us of the great hope that we have in Jesus. When we face trials, because, man, do we have a great hope. We get to be with Jesus for eternity. We'll be freed from pain and suffering. It says he's going to give us bodies like his, perfected and glorious, and experiencing the joy of being in his presence for all of eternity. The psalmist says, better is one day in your course than a thousand elsewhere. One day, one moment in the presence of God is better than a thousand days that you could dream up of your greatest situation or, or, or circumstances on this earth. And that's the hope that we have and we press on towards and we, we need the body to remind us of that hope and to help us push on towards that. And so in light of that, if there's a charge that I could give to the rest of the church outside of this group right here in front of us that have been hearing me talk too much this weekend— there's another charge I could give to the rest of you. It would be that these youth, these young people right here, they need you. They need you. They need each other. We talked about that last night, but they need you too. I love Blake. Thank you so much for setting me up. This is not just a youth group and then another church. This is one church, one body of Christ. They need you. Paul talked about how. He called the the Philippians to imitate him as he's imitating Christ and to imitate other mature believers that are seeking to live their lives for Jesus. These students need you guys to be examples that they can follow. They need you to model what it looks like to press on towards Jesus. They need people who are one or two or three or four or five steps ahead of them, right? That that can show them what it looks like to continue following Jesus. That living for Jesus and counting all things as lost for Him is not just something you do as a teenager. It's not just something you do as a teenager. And they need to see that. And so, if you're sitting here and you're thinking, man, I don't know if that is me, I don't know if I have counted all things as lost, I don't know if I am living that way, that Jesus is the supreme treasure of my life, then the call for you is to repent to ask the Lord for forgiveness, for thinking that your own ways are better than Him, for thinking that this world has something to offer that will satisfy you and to run after Him, to press on towards Him. Because these students need to see you model what it looks like to pursue Christ. Jesus doesn't demand, doesn't ask for 99%. He asks for 100%. And you know why He's justified in doing that and asking for 100%? Because he didn't just forgive 99% of your sins. His blood washes every stain, 100%. He gives us that forgiveness as a free gift. And so we gladly offer 100% of what we have to Jesus. So model what it looks like to use your money for Jesus when you actually have some money. Amen, students? Model what it looks like to, to lead a family towards Jesus, Model what it looks like to to use a corporate job as a platform for Christ. Model that for these students. Press on. And don't underestimate the power of prayer for these students. You have access to a mighty, all-powerful God. Man, I didn't, Allison Teague, I didn't know if you were going to be here this morning, but I saw you down here. I'll never forget a moment when I was a high schooler And Allison Teague came up to me and said, Connor, I've been praying for you. And I thought to myself, at the time, I didn't really think that much of it, honestly. I was not in a really good, mature place. I just didn't really think much of it. I walked away. But then not long after that, when the Lord really just started wrecking me and doing some powerful things in my life and bringing me back to Him, that came to my mind. And I said, man, God, thank you for answering Allison Teague's prayers. Thank you for answering the prayers of my family that have been praying for me. Thank you for answering the prayers of my church that have been praying for the young people to follow after Jesus and to want to love Him. So don't underestimate the power of prayer in the life of these young people at this church. But here's the flip side. Is that we, the church, the rest of the church, we need these young people too. We need them Paul writes to Timothy and he says, don't let anyone despise your youth, but set an example for the believers. He doesn't say for the other young believers. He says, set an example for the believers, for everybody. We need to look at these young people as examples. They have a call to set an example for the rest of the church as well. And we need to learn from them. We need to see their zeal and their passion and their excitement for the Lord and let that encourage us and let that push us towards loving Christ more. As we see students get up here and and sing for him, would that just not stir our hearts' affections towards Christ? And so we need them just as much as they need you. And so in just a couple minutes, uh, Caleb's going to come up here with some of the youth and some of the leaders. This is an opportunity for for us to learn from them and to let them encourage us and let them spur us on. And so as I wrap up, I just want to pray... That this church that I love so much and will always have a special place in my heart will be a church that is not marked by our love for this world, but our longing for the next. That we're a church that is seeking to know Jesus, to be like him, and to make him known in this community. And we're longing for that day where we'll be united with him for eternity. Amen. So I'm going to pray for you guys, then I'm going to turn it over to Caleb. Lord, thank you so much for your love, for your mercy, for your grace. Lord, we did not deserve any of it, not one ounce, but in your love and your mercy, you chose to send your son Jesus to live the perfect life that we couldn't, to die the death that we deserve, to be raised again, to defeat death and sin, and to give us grace, to give us mercy, to forgive our sins and wash us clean 100%. Now we have a righteousness, not of our own, but of our faith in you. So Lord, we praise you for that. We don't take that lightly. And so Lord, as we hear from from some of the the youth this morning of of what you're doing in their lives, would that not just stir us to love you more, to press on in relationship with you, and to, to be a church, a body of believers that is glorifying you, that is seeking to know you to live like you, to make you known, to fulfill our call, to make disciples, and to lift high your name and to cater into the ends of the earth. And so, Lord, thank you for Caleb. Thank you for his leadership. Thank you for everything that you've done this weekend. We pray that it doesn't stop when we leave this place today. We pray that these students, these adults, everyone in this building leaves here and continues pressing on towards you. And so, Lord, we ask this in the power of your Spirit and in the name of your Son, Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Connor,
1: man. As you can tell, it's been an incredible weekend. Um, We had a a wonderful worship band coming and leading us in music, um, and we had uh, wonderful teaching from God's Word from Connor and um, it was great to just sit and under his teaching for, for the weekend and just hear the passion and love for the Lord. And just the way he articulated uh, God's word to our students was incredible. And so God used him and used the worship band and used so many, many other people um, to, to, to catapult them towards Christlikeness. And what a beautiful picture of the gospel that is. And, and man, I just loved, I loved getting to, to see the looks on their faces as they were worshiping God, as they were engaging in, in praising him. And as they were, uh, God was doing things in their life. You could just see the hamster wheels just churning in their brains as, as he was articulating God's word and challenging them. It was, it was a, man, it was incredible. I could just go on and on. Um, I'm not going to, but I could, uh, but a couple of things that, that I do need to say uh, before I, I turn it over to these guys and let them kind of share what God has, has done in their life um, this weekend. Um, number one is this is not uh, in any way, shape, or form uh, a single person event. There's a team of us that, that gather together and, and rally around and do a lot, of, a lot of things, a lot of administrative things. And Debbie Bishop was a, a I could not have accomplished this without Debbie Bishop, and so thank you for uh, wherever you are, um, for uh, uh, helping us and working with us and doing all the the hard stuff. She did the hard stuff, you know. And and um, hey, there she is. Hey, Debbie. Um, yeah, we can give Debbie a hand. Thank And if you know her, you know she goes above and beyond. And she was here on Saturday, and she was here late Friday night and just um, continuing to do things to make sure that the next thing coming up was going to go smoothly. And, um, another person I got I a shout-out to is Julia Phillips. Um, she's our, our girls' ministry intern. Yeah, you're <laughs> And, uh, and she was a part of a, a part of the, the planning ahead. And I was talking to her a little bit about D-Now. and, and um, the, I think it was yesterday we were talking about it a little bit. And, and she was like, I had no idea what goes into it. Um, and, and as a student, our hope is that you don't. Our hope is that you come and you enjoy and you get to experience the presence of the Lord and and it's a lot of work and a lot of effort. And so we have a great team around us all the way to the host homes and the people coming and uh, giving up their weekend to drive and help out with food. And um, the leaders coming in from different states and just coming to uh, invest in the lives of these students and what a wonderful weekend this is. And it's, it is honestly one of my favorite weekends. I, I love what God does through this weekend and how he brings together the body of Christ. And, um, and so, uh, I'm not going to preach anymore. Um, that's that I'm not, we're going to turn it over to these students and I'm going to give them an opportunity to share. Um, so why don't you just uh, start off with, uh, telling everybody kind of who you are and, um, and then tell us if you've been to D now before, okay. And what capacity, cause I know yours was different this year. So,
2: My name's Neely Miller. I'm a junior at Decatur High School, and this is my first year at d uh,
3: My My name's William Bergerine. Uh I'm a freshman at Decatur High, and this is my first year at D-NOW.
4: I'm Grayson Suggs. I've gone to D-NOW probably about five years here. Uh, this is my first year being a leader. I led the seventh grade guys, and uh, this is my first year being a leader, so it's pretty amazing.
1: Awesome. Um, and so with, with, this, with this weekend, there are a lot of different... Um, We typically have a theme for the weekend so if uh if um neely will you kind of just talk a little bit about the theme and um, i know connor talked a little bit about it but just from your perspective as a student what it what it was and kind of how the lord used that to impact you
2: so the theme was outsiders obviously it's well it wasn't there but um so it basically just means that we're outsiders to the world but we're insiders in god's kingdom and that's just so cool that like even though the world doesn't accept us like everybody here like Nobody doesn't accept you in church. It's just so cool that God accepts you, too, even though the world doesn't.
1: That's awesome. And uh, will you uh, just kind of describe, for someone who wouldn't know what a D-Now weekend is, just kind of describe that to uh, the church, what it looks like and and that kind of thing.
2: Well, it's a great weekend to not only grow in your faith, but to grow, like, with your friends in a way that you wouldn't at school or at a slumber party or something. It's just so cool. (laughs) just to grow in that way with your friends. It's just so-
1: Awesome. Um, and so a, a part of the like format of the weekend, in case you don't know, is we come here on Friday night and, and we gather together for a corporate worship service, um, just kind of a kickoff to the weekend. And then uh, they split up and go to their host homes and they're in small groups and they have small group discussions each um, after each uh, worship session and teaching of God's word where they talk about um, God's word together and they talk about what God is teaching them and challenging them with and 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 just have that, that community, that time time to build community with one another and challenge each other, um, in a relationship with God. And so then Saturday morning they get up, um, or they stay, have stayed up. And so they come back to the church. Um, and so we have a morning session then, and, um, we try to fight sleep and stay awake for the morning session. And and they typically do a good job. And, um, and then we have lunch here and, and play a, an afternoon game. And, and so, uh, we had the, the privilege of, um, Fighting the the weather, which is always a losing battle, and um, and so we had to change some things about the game and, and change up some of the way the way we did it. But um, we had a, a game where they were driving around town and doing all all sorts of crazy stuff, and um, and then we have a, a Saturday night worship service, and then we find ourselves here after a night of uh, rest, um, a lot of sleep last night happened. Um, and so uh, why don't uh, bump? Why don't you tell us this is your first. Um, this is your first now, So why don't you tell us why you decided to be a part of it this year?
3: All right. So I had some friends that they told me this was just like a life-changing experience. And uh, sure enough, it was. And I just felt like I needed to grow and grow with Christ and just get to know him better. And it was just it was an awesome experience.
1: So one of the things that I want to point out to the students especially, um, the, the reason that Bump said he came is because some friends had told him right? There, there was a message there. There was a, there was a transformation that God used this weekend, and, uh, and then there was a communication of that to say, man, you need to be a part of this, right? And there was a, an extending of that in, invite, and so um, like so many of you are here because your friends invited you, and so let's return the favor, right? Whether it's church on Wednesday night, uh, which I'd love for all of you to be at, um, the, there's church on Wednesday night invite people to come, be, be people who extend that invitation. I mean, this is your first time here, this is your first time here, and, and, and without an invitation, you wouldn't have showed up. Without, without somebody reaching out to you, you wouldn't have been here. And many of you, it's the exact same story. And so um, many of us. We need to be people who invite and who bring people into the body of Christ and who bring people into our Sunday school class, our, our small group communities, our, our corporate worship settings. And um, these students have challenged me to be more intentional about inviting people that I run into. And, and, and we can be more intentional about that as well to, to invite people. And, and you invite people to things that you're proud of, to things that you love, you truly love you invite people to come alongside you and be a part of that and and you're a, a prime example of that of somebody who loved what happened last year and who saw what God did in their life and and invited and you are too Neely and grace and you were at one point five years ago um and we're not going to talk about how many years Connor has been at D now at First Baptist um 15 straight in case you're wondering it's wild right um, Okay, so uh, all of us, I want all of you to take a second to share. What was your favorite part uh, of the weekend, and why is that your favorite part?
4: So my favorite part of the weekend was all the worship services with the 7th grade guys. And I know they're 7th grade, you may think they're pretty immature, but I've never seen a more mature group of guys at, at seventh grade. Because I know I was wild in seventh grade. I was, I, was not, I was not very mature at all. But these guys, just watching them just pay attention and not falling asleep during the speaking times, it was amazing. I'm actually impressed with y'all about that. But, uh, but yeah, just watching them grow with, with Christ this weekend, all the worship services, watching them sing. Some of them can sing. I don't know, kind of. But they got to work on it. But yeah, just the worship services here and them sing, hearing them praise Jesus, it was it was amazing.
3: All right, so my favorite part of the weekend was the small groups. I mean, our small group it was full of life. I mean, there was never a dull moment in there. We had two, I see y'all, two great leaders out there, Caleb and Colby. Uh, they just they just showed what it is to just live like Christ. They just they brought all of us together and just just like brought like we're brothers, we're family. I mean. Like, like I remember the first question he asked, we sat there for like 20 to 30 seconds, nobody answered it. It was just dead silence. And then one of them said like, wait, are we supposed to answer this? <laughs> and, uh, and then after, he kept giving questions and people would answer just like right on the dot. And then they just showed us what it was like just to become men of Christ and just who we need to be in life.
2: Mine was worship too, but it was because it was so cool just to see God there, just God present. And it was cool to see a group of people, various ages, um, just to come together as one body of Christ.
1: Uh, Grayson, you kind of touched on this a second ago, but um, your role was a little bit different this year uh, than it has been in the past. Uh, how did that change in, in that new perspective? How did that help you grow in your relationship with the Lord?
4: So this weekend, obviously, y'all know it was my first time to lead. So it, it helped me grow a Christ by testing me in my faith by showing my faith and showing these people how to walk with Christ. These young seventh graders and I know what I say I may, I mean they're they're young now but later on it may change through their life and uh, but yeah just I'd like to I'd like to say how it changed my life to teach these kids and uh, so
1: absolutely I, I love that that. That we can kind of plateau as believers sometimes if we 're not careful, and one of the ways um, that that I see often uh, a a continual sanctification is as we serve as we get more involved and as we lead others there 's that challenge for them that we know all of a sudden Grayson has these seventh grade guys looking to him and looking at his life, and he knows that and he recognizes it and and so now there 's this added pressure uh, which i love I love to call um, we we call it. Um, social pressure. Or, or, and, it, and it's a beautiful thing, this social pressure to, when you're in the right settings, to become more like Christ. And there's this, this push to, to pursue after Jesus more because now he's in a leadership position, right? And so many of us need to put ourselves in leadership positions, We've, we've done the sitting long enough. We've done the soaking long enough. It's time to step up into some sort of leadership position and let the Lord challenge us by the, by the process of, of being in leadership and by the process of being one who is looked to for leadership. And, and um, you know, let me, just, let me just say this, that some of you will say that you're not ready or you're not prepared or you're not worthy or, or whatever. Um, read the Old Testament. Read the Old Testament. Any of the prophets... Any of the stories and the accounts and the narrative of Genesis, and if you think you're not prepared and you think you're not ready, like, man, read about Noah, read about Moses, read about... (laughs) Like, these guys were messed up, and the Lord and His faithfulness used them. And that is what makes us great leaders is God's faithfulness, to use messed up people for His kingdom and for great things. And and so, therefore, excuses are voided, right? Right? So let's step up and let's see it. Okay, here we go. Uh, next question. Um, It'll be the last one. What was the one thing, the one thing that you will take away um, from this weekend?
2: Uh, well, for me, it's that it's okay to be different. Uh, those of y'all that know me, y'all know I don't care to be different, but it's it's hard to be different in the sense that you're going to praise God in every situation, even at school. So just to be an outsider, to be comfortable being uncomfortable.
3: Uh, one thing I took away is our identity. Like our identity doesn't need to be in sports, doesn't need to be in school, doesn't need to be in any of that. I mean, it needs to be in Him. Like one day sports aren't gonna be there, school's not gonna be there. I mean, how cool you are, not, that's not all, none of that's gonna matter. Only thing that's gonna matter is like your relationship with God and knowing Him
4: And uh, one thing I'm gonna take away, I think Caleb hit on it a little earlier about your maturity in Christ. It's not—it's not needing him any less. It's needing him so much more. Because um, I know when you mature, like as you're age-wise, you mature, you don't need things as much. But it's the complete opposite with your walk in Christ. Because you always need him more. You never need him less. You're never at a point where you can think, well, you know, I don't really—I don't really need him anymore. I can kind of do it on my own. I can handle it. I can do—do do my own thing. And, uh, but that's, that's kind of where I struggle, and that's what I need to know. I need to know that I need Christ every day more and more and, uh, and just to further my walk with Him by needing Him more and implementing it. That's
1: good. That's good. Well, that'll preach. <laughs> uh, let, me, uh, let me wrap this time up in, in prayer, and uh, we'll turn it back over to Pastor Blake. Father, we, uh, we love you. God, we, we thank you, Lord. I thank you for the life transformation that we have seen this weekend. Um, and these three students are just a taste of all of the transformation that you've done in the lives of all of those students. And Father, we could have pulled up anybody onto this stage to, say, uh, to talk about the great things that you've done in their life this weekend, Father. And I pray and my prayer for them is that, that this would not end today. That they would recognize that that a spiritual high is a frame of mind. That a spiritual high is connected to your presence, God. It is not connected to a band. It's not connected to a speaker. It is connected to your word and your presence. And Father, may we learn that. May we press into that. And I pray, Father, that as we go, we would be, um, as Neely said, comfortable being uncomfortable. And how that reveals that we are truly walking with you when we feel like outsiders to the world. We praise you, we love you, and we thank you for sending your son Jesus to die on the cross for our sins. And we pray all this in his name.